Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 677. My mentor in Switzerland always said, don't get blocked up with something and, and continue running around it and move on. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I am revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Randy Nelson. Hey, Randy, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? I am. It's click it or ticket here on the West Coast, so I'm ready to go. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Randy Nelson is the president of Swiss Tracks in Indio, California. Swiss Tracks designs and manufactures interlocking plastic floors for automotive enthusiasts who know the garage is the most important room in the house. Swiss Tracks serves customers in over 26 countries, and you'll find their flooring in private garages, commercial facilities, on the floor of race team shops, celebrities' homes, and automotive enthusiasts who require the best. It's available in multiple colors, and they're easy and quick to install and transform a garage while providing a safe, non-slip surface. Randy, I've told our listeners just a little bit about you and your business. Would you take a moment, share a little bit more, and of course, include your passion for automobiles? Right. With pleasure, Mark. Uh, you kind of nailed it there on the explanation. I'll have to wait till this comes out so I can write that down. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I certainly didn't supply that to you. It was too good. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. No, I was born and raised in Sacramento, barely graduated high school, wanted to get away and actually got a job offer from a Swiss company to go to Switzerland, which wow. I did. And I spent a few years and we'll get into that later. But uh, really, I got into this program by a Swiss guy coming by. His name was uh, Rolf Benninger, and he was asking us to produce a product that he wanted to use for patio flooring. So I ended up getting into that. And then when I came back to the States in 03, I thought, boy, that would be a fantastic product for garages Yeah. Um, as I was really into cars. So that's kind of what I did is I, I pursued that that passion for, for vehicles and in garages. It took me a long time. I three or four years to convince the market that that was a product to have. <laughs> yes. But once we did, you know, then we kind of exploded and then we got Leno jumped on board and we had uh, Richard Petty and the Unsers. So we had quite a few big ticket names, you know, that could help us uh, oh, yeah. ride this uh, this flooring tile into the market. And that's basically what we're still doing today. And just a lot of new stuff involved kind of in, this, in and around the same industry. Yeah. You know, it's so cool. I've known about your products forever. Really a great product. Very cool product. Really nice for a garage like I have up here in the Pacific Northwest because it rains a lot. So you pull wet cars in the garage. And if you have a, a beautiful epoxy floor, it looks really nice. But, man, it becomes an ice rink when it's wet. And, yeah. you know, I see your flooring all over the Internet. Friends of mine who follow me on Facebook and Instagram get so excited when they put it in their garage because it really does transform a room. And it's so easy, so fast. I've used your product. It's really, really cool. And we're going to learn a lot more about your product and how you develop this business. I think that's pretty fantastic, too, as we continue this journey. But first, I always like to start by asking my guests for a success quote or some kind of a mantra. It's a nice way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars, yeah? So, Randy, take the wheel. Well, that one is pretty easy. I don't know if it's inspirational, but it certainly is functional. My mentor in Switzerland I always said, don't get blocked up with something and, and continue running around it and move on. Mm. And his expression for that was preferably a disastrous end than an endless disaster. 
<laughs> and that's pretty much kind of I ran a lot of my business off and said, look, if this isn't going to work, then we got to move on and, and develop and, and do further. And I've been reading books of late. And a lot of the companies that are happening right now, like GE, they're, they're kind of doing the same type of thing. Mm -hmm. They have people in place that are actually establishing business models based on moving on if something doesn't function. And so I think that that probably was one of the inspirational things uh, for me, knowing that that was uh, a way to get around an issue. Not always would you just drop it, you try and resolve it. But if you couldn't, then, you know, drop it and move on. Yeah, it's a very interesting concept. And it, it begs me to go back to your comment earlier that you had to almost explain or convince the automotive industry that the flooring that you create is the right thing for them. So how did you use that mantra combined with getting over the hump of something new in the market that police people never even thought of using before? Well, I think that's where a lot of inspirational stuff comes out and development happens is when you are so passionate about something and convinced of something that you push it into the market. Mm -hmm. That's where that's where it happens. So I was just I saw it and I lived it and I saw the problems with garage floors. I saw existing coatings that were coming up when the concrete would chip or uh, crack or split, you know, when you got like earth movement here in the West Coast. Right. Uh, when you have ice and it would freeze and then would pop it. I saw the issues with it and I thought, you know what? We're not eating off this garage floor. I want something that's functional, that I don't have to clean every weekend, uh, that looks great, that I can actually live with, is comfortable to walk on, doesn't show the dirt. And that's why I went away from a solid tile and I went to the open tile. Ah. Albeit we offer everything, that was it. And I was so convinced of that. I told people, I said, look, you want a diamond plate tile? Fine, I'll sell it to you. I won't be as happy about it. But <laughs> when you're done, you call me back and we'll get you back into the tile that I think is going to work for you. Yeah, very cool. Well, I love I love the, the whole concept of uh, the entrepreneurship that you uh, uh, champion here and how you uh, pushed a new concept into the marketplace. Really, really cool. Would you share a story with us that instigated your passion for cars? Kind of go back in time and share with me, with the listeners, about that pivotal moment in your life when you realized that you were a car guy. Well, probably on my 16th birthday. <laughs> it was easy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Actually, 15 and a half, I couldn't wait to drive. That was just freedom. That was like a rocket to the moon. Right. Um, so the only question was, was affording it, right? Because oh, yeah. unless you had parents and, and a silver spoon, which I didn't, you're going to have to buy your first car. So... I started driving at 15 and a half, took my lessons at school, and on my 16th birthday, literally bought the first car I could get. I convinced my mom to sell me her Mercury Montego <laughs> MX, a 1973, 400 horsepower, 6.6 liter V8 that I'd never give to one of my kids today. <laughs> yes. And the inspiration was getting new tires and wheels on it and during a burnout at the park, you know, and everybody was out there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I could do a standstill burnout forever, but uh, until I had to buy my first set of tires again. Yeah, then that ended that little escapade pretty, pretty <laughs> yeah, dark. It, it, it always does. Quick. Yeah, when you have to start paying for that stuff yourself, it's like, uh, oh, yeah. be careful with the transmission. Uh, be careful with the yeah. clutch. Yeah, don't uh, don't burn the brakes up. Oh, my gosh. So, yeah, yeah, that's right. Very cool. Well, I think we all... Uh, Got that freedom itch when we were that age, and it sounds like we came from the same time period. So, uh, yeah, I remember that fairly well down at the uh, DMV the morning, 8 o'clock when they opened, standing there in line. I was the first guy, <laughs> first guy in line to want to go in and get my 
driver's license. So yeah, I understand completely. Yeah. Well, Randy, what I want to do now is take a look at some of the roads you've driven down and, and have you share a huge challenge, even a big failure that you faced along the way. Being an entrepreneur, pushing a new product into market is fraught with ups and downs and challenges. But of course, the most important part of this has to do with how did you overcome that situation? So tell us how that experience helped you gain even more momentum into your business. Wow, that's a great question. And when I look back, there's loads of challenges, loads of failures, and there's a lot more failures than than successes. And that's probably one message right there is don't be afraid to fail. Yep. Um, you're going to fail. If you haven't failed, then you probably didn't do anything. The real big challenge I had is I've been through a recession in the early 90s. I set up a company in England as well uh, for four years dealing with a company called Hilti, which does power tools. And, and that was a pretty big challenge there. When we hit the recession, we took a nosedive. But that set me up when I came back here, and guess what? About uh, what, 14 years later, 15 years later, we hit a recession here. Hmm. And uh, so when I had set up the company in 03, started producing in 05, uh, we're pretty much in 08, here we are hitting a recession. And uh, I was raising a family, had three children, uh, started this rather new business, had bought a house, and really just you know put everything on the line. Uh, to make it happen. And I, what I realized then was we could actually turn back, basically cut back on our uh, on our expenses to try and get, uh, or just call it downsizing, trying to get to the point that we can make money during this recession, which we did. And that gave me the confidence to jump back up and say, you know what, if we can do that, then we can also focus on development during this recession. So when you come out of it, uh, we'll be smelling like uh, roses, hopefully. And that's actually what happened is I got three state grants in the meantime for developing rubber technology in California wow. um, and in the United States. And by the time the recession was over, or more or less, you know, we started selling more. Uh, we were ready with our new development and then licensed with Ford and John Deere and a lot of other major companies with this technology. Well, it's a really great story because I hear this from a lot of my guests about the recession is it really knocked them down. And What's a good takeaway from that experience for you that might help other people that might face a similar situation? Because it sounds like, you know, we all downsized and we tried to control spending at the same time, had to still be innovative, still had to be out there. So what's your takeaway from that experience? Well, really simple. Just take a look at it and figure that if there is a, a downturn in the market, am I still going to be wanted out in the industry? Is the products I'm selling going to be wanted? Uh, so you really have to create a second and third leg within your organization. What does that mean? For me, it meant I had a direct sale operation. We were relying heavily on our Barrett-Jackson auctions, on our SEMA shows, everything car-related, we were there mm -hmm. on those development of, of sales and leads. Uh, then Google kicked in. We started really pumping that. But as, as we started to go on, what you really got to look at, and I in, during this recession, I also started a rental business. Mm. Well, rentals was great because people didn't want to invest into capital equipment, so they started renting. So I started renting Fortunately, to the majors, to Ford, John, uh, sorry, Dodge, uh, GM, um, John Deere just was our latest one a few months ago. Then we got tennis tournaments. We got a lot of different events. So it was really trying to survive in that time. And it's very, very difficult. Trust me, I've seen so many companies come and go. And a lot of the mom and pop organizations that we were selling in pre-recession, which were a lot of the garage companies, I right. saw them just pass away. They right. were gone. Yeah. And boy, does that kill you. And unfortunately, a lot of this didn't come back. You know, they went to major companies instead. And, and we lost a little bit of that, that edge with small business. And mm -hmm. I actually worked directly with uh, in our community here with other new upcoming businesses to try and get them 
you know, started and give them some advice on how, how to get out there and what things to try and avoid. Ah, brilliant. Great. I love it. Awesome story. Thanks for sharing that. Well, let's shift gears and go to the other end of the spectrum. I love for you to share one of those career aha moments when the headlights kind of steer your way or illuminate your way to a, a new direction for your company. Tell us the steps you took one of those aha moments into to make it a success. Wow, that's that's pretty easy because I was about I just moved to Switzerland. I was uh, it was 1985, so I was 21 years old, and uh, the, they had given me a project that well, I was supposed to be responsible for, and it was self-drilling screws, believe it or not. <laughs> okay. And that day they used to they used to pre-drill the hole with a drill and then put a set a setting screw in there. Sure. And then they came up with a self-drilling tip, and the Swiss wanted to manufacture that, so I went through and helped design this one one screw. We started with one. And then I got the design drawings and I made a price list and we got samples and I went over to England and did a trip and I came back with a million piece order. I mean, that was, that was like, talk about aha. That was, oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And then we delivered the order like three times because they messed up on the new development of it. But uh, we ended up getting into the business and fast forward to almost 30 years later. They are still surviving on that program, but there's over 10,000 products now in that program. That, oh, my gosh. Uh, that we developed, and they're still actually busy manufacturing that in Switzerland. Thank goodness, because that was that other leg I was talking about. A lot of the older, older products went away. Wow. Holy cow. Oh, man, that'd be nice. <laughs> Sounds fantastic. Well, I would assume you've had a lot of proud moments in your career, but is there one that stands out for you? Yeah, yeah, there is. I When you go over to... Uh, a foreign country at a young age, mm -hmm. which I was uh, just 19 when I did, you're looking for anything to grab a hold of. And I was actually looking to, to move back in the first six months. I didn't speak the language. I thought I was going to Sweden because uh, I saw the blondes and blue eyes. That's what I was going <laughs> over. Serious. I thought I was going to see the blondes and blue eyes. And, and when I got in the car back from Zurich, I asked the guy, Max, said, Max, uh, where are the girls with blonde hair and blue eyes? He said, that's Sweden. This yeah. is Switzerland. Yes. You're in the wrong was, country, Dumkopf. Yeah. <laughs> I was so depressed after that, I wanted to go home. But, uh, <laughs> the, the really, the, uh, that moment was with the boss and the owner of the business. I, I was there a year. We went out to dinner, and they loved drinking their wine. And so we're out there having dinner, and he put a challenge to me. He said, what is your plan here in 10 years? I said, oh, in 10 years, I'm going to take your company over from you. And he looked at that, and he just put his hand up and with his glass and said, okay, cheers to that. And said, cheers to that. And <laughs> it took nine years and I did it. Hey. I, I went, went over and, and uh, not without a lot of struggle and learning. Cause I, I barely made it through high school. I had no formal education and I'm working for the pe people that owned the Swatch group in Switzerland. Oh my so goodness. they, yeah. they were pretty smart people, but they embraced me and I didn't pretend to be anything. I wasn't, I didn't even know what, why a balance sheet actually would balance out. And I'm sitting in a meeting with five shareholders trying to tell them, you know, what's going to go on the next year in our budget. And I didn't even know why balance sheet would balance. I couldn't figure that one out. Oh, man. Talk about learning on the fly. Well, <laughs> yeah. you know, that's a good way to learn sometimes. And uh, yeah. it's really nice you had people that embraced you and took you under their wing and helped you out. And you know what? There's a testament to uh, a goal and a direction and a focus and tenacity and perseverance and all those things that I'm sure make up your DNA. So very nice. Well, let's have a little bit of fun. You talked about buying that car from your mom, but what was your first really special car? That first car you got that was really special for you and maybe you could share a memory you have of that vehicle. Well, having been gone over to Europe, I was obviously couldn't afford a really the car I wanted because I always had my eye on a, on a Chevelle, an SS. It was always something I, I just loved 
in yeah. the day that I was going to high school and someone would pull up and that. It was just like you heard the rumble. It was, oh, yeah. it was gorgeous. Yeah. But I moved over to Europe when I was 19 and you saw some classic cars over there, but that was like, you know, the ultra wealthy. Mm -hmm. You couldn't have them because you only drove them like two months a year maximum because of all the salt on the roads. Yeah. So when I came back, I bought a 66 Mustang. And the dream I had was when I was in high school, my best buddy's dad was mayor of the town. And we always were doing stupid stuff in, in school. And he drove a 65 ba powder baby blue Mustang. Okay. Uh, so it was always my dream to have one of those. Yeah. But boy, that thing was so slow. It was a four banger. Oh, <laughs> Just, yeah. Yeah, the small. It didn't have a 289 in it. <laughs> no, no. It was really a dinky thing. I, I used to throw cheese at it, you know, <laughs> to get a moving picker. But it certainly looked nice. So I guess that was it. But the, the real, real enjoyable moment I had, which I was dreaming about in my life, was a Harley. And uh, I bought my Harley here with my brother because we were separated when I was 11 through a divorce. And B and I had been gone most of my life to Europe. We came back and bought Hardys, and we were cruising through the desert side by side. How fun! And just hearing hearing that vibration and that rumble was just yeah, that was it. <laughs> oh yeah, nothing like a Harley. <laughs> oh my gosh! Well, how about Sellers from Morris? Is there a vehicle you've owned that you let go that you really wish you had back? You know, if I'm honest, not really. Um, most of them I, I ran through the life. There's a lot I've seen that I wanted to buy. <laughs> yes, haven't um, we all? <laughs> But when I came from Europe, my kids were playing hockey of all sorts. So when they're in the garage shooting hockey pucks around and I'm looking at my Mustang saying, wait a minute, <laughs> hey. it's either the kids got to go or the car's got to go. Yeah. So yeah. I'm at that point now. I'm 52. Now my last kid's out next year and then I'll probably go for more classics uh, and get a larger space in the garage so I can start storing a few. There you go. Sounds like fun. Well, let's talk about today and tomorrow. What has you really excited and fired up? This is the new year, 2017, that we're talking here. And so uh, what's new and upcoming for Swiss Tracks here for 2017? We have been in the development in the last two years of a new panel. And my dream was to be able to make a panel to make anything. Mm -hmm. That means I would turn the design, surface design, over to the consumer to decide what they wanted to put in it. Ah. So... I made a tray, and this tray receives any material. So we started with wood grain. So we got like barn wood, we got uh, maple, um, we got uh, uh, brown woods. Uh, so you basically got wood grain. So it's vinyl wood grain, commercial grade vinyl. Uh -huh. And then I've got now I've got carbon fiber looks that I'm going to do black, gray, and red. So you can Whoa. make a carbon fiber look. Oh wow! Then I developed one which you can basically print anything. So it's a clear vinyl that you can print and the base of it. And then set it into the tile so you can make any design, any size. You can make a full football field. And then the one that I'm doing that I'm excited about now is the illuminated panels. I just concluded this, so I'm waiting to get those rolled out uh, early this coming year, uh, where we actually have illumination below the panels so we can print any design and then illuminate the floor. Oh, my gosh. That would be uh very cool if you're working on your car, have it jacked up or on a lift or something like that. Bring some extra light in the room, not only as a workable type product, but also just something pretty cool to look at. Well, that was it. When we I first brought one out probably four years ago, mm -hmm. um, it was a light map, and it was starting to go well. We went out to the NASCAR events, and Jeff Gordon, actually, their team pulled in, hey, we want that. They bought it off us on the spot. It was a prototype. And they put it under the car. So when they're working on it, I made yeah. sure I made it big enough that there was illumination LEDs around them so they could work up on the car. Uh, the only problem was is it became 
much more than our just flooring. We, we had to become LED specialists, which mm. we weren't. Yeah. So now what I decided is to make a panel that's just a set-in product, and then all the cables run below the tile. So they can put it into any situation, build it in, also temporarily. So that's kind of what I'm excited about. I get excited about a lot of new stuff. So the yeah. next, <laughs> next season, it'll be something else. I'm working on in-floor heating. Actually, you know how the little car race tracks used to build oh, go yeah. together with yeah. yeah i'm doing the same thing but trying to do it with heating uh wow. and then make some uh, make uh, solar panels that are on the floor and then you can basically just enough to keep the floor warm uh-huh. from freezing yeah you know so oh man i love it wow well i know you've always been very innovative and your products are always so cool and new so uh it sounds like 2017 is going to be a really exciting year for swiss tracks and for all your customers so Awesome work. Thank you. You're welcome. Well, here's a very introspective question for you, Randy. If you were a car, what kind of car would Randy be and why? <laughs> you should have asked me that 20 years ago. It would have been a sports car. but Well, I know, <laughs> but, you know, things change, so that's okay. We're talking about today. Oh, probably probably a nice uh, – yeah, I I would say I feel like I'm coming into the Chevelle age now. That's, okay. That's the SS. Yeah. That's what I'd love to be. If I was a car, I'd come out and be a – an SS. I'd be bright red, cherry red, and you could heat off the engine. Ah, uh, nice. Very nice. I like the way you answered that. Well, Randy, up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsors. I'll never worry again about having a dead battery with my NOCO Genius Boost Jump Starter. This compact tool fits in my glove box and features rechargeable lithium battery technology that'll jump start a dead battery in my car, boat, truck, or RV. The Genius Boost features built-in spark-proof technology and reverse polarity protection to safely jumpstart any of my vehicles. The compact, ergonomically designed clamps are built from solid copper for maximum conductivity. There's a built-in ultrabite dual LED flashlight with seven modes, including an SOS and emergency strobe. I use my Genius Boost jump starter to charge my phone, tablet, and laptop while I'm on the road or if the power goes out in my home. The unit itself is easily rechargeable in my vehicle. The Genius Boost from NOCO is the ultimate emergency tool that's safe and easy to use. Quality design, state-of-the-art technology from NOCO, the battery car source since 1914. I've got one in each of my vehicles. Get yours at GeniusChargers.com. If you own collector cars and still have a little bit of money left over, congratulations. You're ahead of most people. But what should you do with the money you don't spend on cars? Talk to Chris Kimball, Certified Financial Planner Practitioner. For over 20 years, he's been helping people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. And he's a car guy, too. Call 253-722-PLAN. Or you can view his website at www.chrisvkimball.com. Make sure your investments are running on all eight cylinders, or 12, or 16. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. member, Finra Sipic. Are you looking for a way to get your products or services into the ears of thousands of automotive enthusiasts around the globe? I can help. This is Mark Green here at Cars Yeah, and I'd be honored to be an influencer and ambassador for your brand in a unique and personal way. Five days a week? Thousands of subscribers and listeners enjoy the Cars Yeah! podcast and website. Contact me today and I'll show you how at mark at com or connect with me through the Cars Yeah! website at com. 
Okay, Randy, we're back and we're entering the last lap and I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So here we go. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? Bring it to a garage. <laughs> yes. Find Stop a good trying. mechanic. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah huh, I understand. Yeah, uh, that's an important one. Would you share one of your personal habits you believe has helped contribute to your success over the years? Not being afraid to fail and just maintain your drive and determination. Now, how about a resource? There's lots of great resources out there, but is there one that you'd like to share with the Carjow listeners? Yeah, you know, when you're de- designing, developing stuff, a really cost-effective way is go on to 99designs. Ah, That's yeah. two, two numbers, 99designs.com. Or if you're looking for people to do work for your websites, they're all over the world. Some of them work for 6 bucks an hour, right up to 150 an hour. You can choose them. Uh, you open an account. It's called Upwork, U-P-W-O-R-K.com. That's a really useful site. I'm doing it right now for people that are designing or mobile apps, I should say. Okay, great. Awesome. Two great resources that I'm aware of. Thank you for that. Now, you mentioned uh, early on we were talking about a book, but is there one book you'd like to share with our listeners you think they should read as well? Probably the Bible, if they haven't done it. Probably <laughs> there you be go. A good one to pick yeah. up. <laughs> Learn a few things there. <laughs> there you sure. go. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, I would say, I would say just uh, startup books. You know, one book that I read I thought was useless until I actually put it into place was How to Get a Loan from a Bank. Mm. And I, I just, for some reason, all through my life, I could not talk to bankers, I guess because I'm in and out of salesmen. And that's the last thing they want to hear is another story. I, I remember that commercial on TV with that small guy trying to tell the banker, you know, he's kind of drinking his tea and not even listening to him. That's, yeah. That was me. But okay. once I, I figured it out, you know, it was a lot easier. Now we got the banks coming to us. So really to learn is anytime you're growing, you're not making enough money to fund your growth normally. So you need to have a good banker, you need to have a good attorney, and you need to have a good accountant. And uh, you get those put together, and then a good mentor would help as well. But you get those, I think you're you're set. So I would say. Excellent advice. Now, here's a new question that I'm going to spring on you, and we'll see how you do with this one. But I've just started asking my guests this year this question. So uh, this is something you don't know is coming. But if you could sit down and have a drink with anyone from the automotive industry, living or dead, who would it be? You know, that's really probably Iacocca. Ah, okay. Uh, just because it's it's going back in the days of uncertainty, you know, automation, and I think the insights, if I went into spoke to Ford, that would probably go back to the roots of it. So one of the large icons in the automotive industry would really spark my interest to sit there and just kind of go through and basically up to date if they could see to date what's happened and, and just kind of get their, their feel for it. Very nice. Lee Iacocca. Yeah, definitely someone that would be fun to sit, have a drink with for sure. Well, listeners, you can find links to all these great resources that Randy has shared on his very own show notes page at carsyad.com slash Randy Nelson. And there's another great place on the Carsyad website called Guest Recommended Books, where the book that Randy recommended and all the past 676 guests have recommended for quick, easy clicks to buy. It's a great resource if you love to read and learn. All right, Randy, we're up to the checkered flag. And this last question can be a bit of a doozy. I have a feeling I know how you're going to answer this, but it surprised me. <laughs> If you could have only one very cool collector car in your garage, but money is no object, what car would that be and why? Oh, I've seen a lot of cars go over the block. We do these <laughs> options all the time. I've seen a lot of awesome cars. That is that is a stumper because there's that's like 
you got your free choice of so many different types of uh, beautiful women. <laughs> I, I would I would step back and, and say, you know, I'll hold true to what I said before. The Chevelle is my next uh, my next uh, goal. Mm-hmm. Thank goodness I didn't buy it, you know, four years ago when I was looking at it. Or actually, it's probably going back even further when before the recession that they were really going for good money. That or a Cuda. Wow. And uh, you said cherry red, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So if you got any sellers out there. <laughs> oh, I'm sure I can find you one out there somewhere. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's a few of those out there. Well, Randy, you've taken me on an awesome ride today. I've really enjoyed your stories and I want to thank you for sharing your business and automotive journey with the Cars Yow listeners. My pleasure. Could you offer us one parting piece of You head off into the desert in that 56 Chevelle SS Coupe. Yeah. Just as they always say, follow your dream, you know, keep your head straight and your chin up and uh, you can do it. There's so many people I talk to out there and they're looking for business advice. And I tell them, look, the difference between somebody that's done it and somebody that hasn't done it or made it is they tried. Yeah, just get out there and try. What's the best way for our listeners to learn more about Swiss Tracks? You go on to SwissTracks.com. That's S-W-I-S-S-T-R-A-X.com. Uh, or if you can't remember that, uh, MyGarageFloor.com will bring you to our site as well. Very easy. And I'll remind our listeners that I'll have links to his site up on Randy's show notes page at CarsYeah.com. Just type Randy in the search bar. His page will pop up where you can find links. If you're not familiar with Swiss Tracks, check it out. Uh, you can transform your garage in an afternoon into a showcase and Ah, you'll just be blown away. Colors and designs and styles, really, really fantastic product that I've been aware of for many, many years. So, Randy, thanks again for being so generous today with your time and your expertise and for sharing your experiences with the Car Show listeners. Until we talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thank you, Mark. You're welcome. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.